Good afternoon, good evening, maybe good morning for some. Welcome to our Big Book 12-step workshop on Zoom. Please join me in prayer for an open mind and an open heart. God, please set aside everything that I think I know about myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and you. For an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and especially you. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. We're very close to the final phase of the first stage of this rocket launch. because of our suffering from addiction and or unmanageability, we decided to take a journey and we got in the rocket, on the rocket as a possible solution to our suffering. We took a deep look at the underlying source of our suffering not just the suffering, that's pretty transparent, it's pretty obvious, but the source of our suffering. If it was addiction in any form, then we saw that we have been very ineffective in attempting to resolve it. So much so that we've engaged in a 12-step program in kind of a last-ditch effort. And if, in fact, addiction isn't and hasn't been the problem for a long while, for some of us, it could be that reality is just a burden. Every day, a source of serial suffering, mine and other people's. And if it's not that, and you're fairly neutralized with regard to your addiction, and you're fairly in alignment with your power and your reality and your behavior, but because you've been pressed up against this program, you know there's more, and you still have some shadows and some darkness in your life then you know there's more of the light that you have. And those are just three categories of people, and I know you represent even more than that, is the reason that motivated you to come onto the workshop and to stay here today. We've been at it for 
months, weekly assignments, weekly discussions. You're really spiritual warriors. It's wonderful. And we entered into then looking at, well, what's the solution to this ineffectiveness of our willpower? And we were asked to use that of ineffective willpower to choose God or no God. The ultimate appropriate and healthy use of our will. Not with regard to addiction, not with regard to reality, not with regard to managing our life, God or no God. And if you're still here with us, you've probably chosen power at the very least. A God of your understanding or not understanding at the very most. And you've given it some color, your own personal color attributes, qualities, whatever your needs are at this particular moment. And now in step three, we're looking at establishing a relationship. The book isn't that clear. I've pointed it out many times. I try to be a big book literalist and fundamentalist, staying with the interpretation of the big book as it is. We draw outside the line sometimes because of perhaps expanded knowledge or additional experience or some other hypotheses concerning an explanation for our journey and our experience. And I don't think it's much of a stretch to take a look at page 60 in the big book where Bill asks us at the beginning of step three, at the conclusion of listing the steps and the ABCs, Two curtain-parting questions. Curtain-parting, if in you're embracing the set-aside attitude and the set-aside prayer, and not encumbered with old knowledge and old experience, and that you really do have an open mind and an open heart. We turn our will and our life over to the care of God. He says, what does it mean? And then what do we do? This is a two-part question that represents the two parts of us as human beings. We have a mind that knows what do we mean. And we have a will that decides to take action. What do we do? And he's completely consistent with that model in step one all the way through step 12. All of the even steps are naming steps. All of the odd steps are deciding and action steps. It's an interesting internal organic dynamic. Now we've already looked at what it means. We looked at it deeply in terms of the bedevilments. Lack of willpower was our dilemma, he said on page 45. And we needed to find a power. And that's what this book is all about, he said on that page. 
assuming that we find power by deciding that there is power with no evidence and no feeling about it. That's our belief system. We accept it and we move forward. That's our trust. And we move into step three. That's our hope. That in fact, we can have this relationship with this power that is deep down inside of us. And what we mean by turning our will and our life over to the care of God is that under my care and management, it hasn't turned out so well. Bill spends pages 60 to 62 describing selfishness, self-centeredness. We looked at it in the context of unmanageability as manifest in those bedevilments on page 52. And he says the source of all of that misbehavior is page 62, selfishness, self-centeredness. And he nails the coffin shut in unmanageability in the last part of that second paragraph. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. That's what we mean. We're here now to have a relationship with that power. We've made a decision about not knowing whether, not knowing whether that decision is actually based in reality, but basing our life on the hope that it is. So then the answer to the second question is what we're going to talk about tonight. On page 62, this is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. What do we do? Oh, quit playing God? Why would we do that? And we already saw that we do that in that self-centeredness, in that manipulation that's described in pages 60 to 62. Well, why would we quit? Well, in the very next sentence, because it doesn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God is going to be our director. Ah, he's not as clear as I'm about to be because he's going to give us five models of a relationship. He didn't even complete this one. He just gave us the first part of it, the first half of it, one side of it, director. The opposite is actor, of course, that he's been using the theater drama analogy throughout the book. He is the principal. We are God's agent. Oh, that's the relationship. God is the father. We are the children. Oh, that's the relationship. He's got two more. On page 63, God is the employer. Oh, I'm the employee. On, in the second paragraph on page 63, he uses the word maker. Obviously, the opposite would be made. I like the word create or better. It's easier for me, create or created. You see, he's giving us these models. He's not telling us what I'm telling you. I'm interpreting it. I'm assuming that what he means by this is that step three is a relationship. And just like in step two, you choose. I had you use the question, what does my heart yearn for? What must my soul yearn for in a relationship with power? Power with a capital P, not my power. 
but a power that's in me that's available to me that will make my life effective. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept is the keystone. Back to the architectural analogy I talked about that he launched, he initiated for the very first time on page 47 in step two. Step two, he said, is the cornerstone. Again, assuming in this model that there is a foundation, which um, uh, has to be the, the step one. This is the keystone, which is the stone at the top of the arch that holds the entire arch together. A new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. He doesn't mention this arch again until the end of step five, and we'll talk about it then. But let's take a look at page 63, because that first paragraph is a powerful set of promises. Each step has its promises. The promises of step one are page 52, those bedevilments. If you're self-centered, that's what it's going to look like. That's a promise. And if, in fact, you make a decision about power, those promises are throughout chapter four, but especially at the end of page 57. We looked at those. With this, on page 55, with this attitude, you cannot fail. And on page 57, a couple conditional promises. But here he is on page 63, giving us some very rich, poetic, mystical, literally, promises. When we sincerely took this position, when we adopted this relationship, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new relationship. I've asked you to ask yourself, what relationship do you want? It's your choice. Step three is about making that choice and then saying the prayer. There's no real action here. No reading and highlighting and writing your own optional prayer. Yes, you're, those are actions, but not real actions. Those are preparatory actions. He does say we pray the prayer with somebody and we will do that. My experience is that each one of the step guys that took me through the steps had me... Uh, write my own uh, third step prayer. And then when we prayed the prayer together, we used the one from the book and each one of them suggested I get on my knees with them. And they each explained that I get on my knees not to get God's attention, but to get my attention, an act of humility, an act of subordination, an act of respect an active petition. We won't do that, but we will pray in community. We will pray together as one group next week as public witness to our decision. You've already made the decision by showing up today. Your, your step three is already done because you're here. But it's implicit in your showing up. Being all-powerful, if step one says anything, it says we need something that's powerful. And if we take a proper look at step three, it's about care. God provided what I needed. That's what I need. Something that will provide what I need. There's two conditions here. 
pay attention to the word, by the way. It doesn't say God's going to provide what I want. God's going to provide what I need to conditions. If I keep close to God, hmm, what does that mean? My interpretation, prayer and meditation. And perform God's work well. Hmm, what does that mean? My interpretation, help others. So let's read it that way, step 11 and step 12. Being all-powerful, God will provide what I need if I do steps 11 and 12. That's not a stretch. It's the way of life, Bill describes, beginning on pages 84 and 85, when we enter the world of the Spirit. Step 11, to get guidance for our own life, but also how to help other people using principles and carrying the message. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves. Here the promise, here the process, here the turning from self-centeredness to other-centeredness. More and more, here the dimmer switch. We became interested, here the process, in seeing what we could contribute to life. The turning, this is all about turning from my self-centeredness in step one, unmanageability, to other-centeredness in steps 11 and 12. Other with a capital O in 11, other with a small O in 12. A spiritual coin, that's my image. 11 and 12, our way of living, a spiritual coin. One side, a relationship with God. The other side, a distribution of our competency in helping other people. Bill said at some place, I believe it's page 125, we keep our head in the clouds and we keep our feet on the ground. It's a wonderful sense of balance. Head in the clouds with meditation and prayer. Feet on the ground in terms of active participation in life. As we felt new power flow in, hear the process. As we enjoyed peace of mind, hear the promise. As we discovered we could face life successfully, hear the turning. As we became conscious of God's presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. The very fear of death. And then a very powerful, charismatic, somewhat religious term. We are reborn. We're given a new life. In fact, later on here, he says, this is merely a beginning. Of course, the third step prayer is there. I'm not going to go through that. We'll do that next week. Or some of you may want to do some of it today with reading your own, the, own, the prayer that you wrote, uh, the option. It says, we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready. I know I'm not ready but I'm willing to be ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to God. Really abandon ourselves utterly to God. Remember I mentioned the third step preparation material is a very high standard, some tone of absolute, some tone of ideal, some tone of vision. Remarkable abandon ourselves utterly to God. The last time I saw utterly that word, it was with regard to my own willpower on page 45. 
He said, our human resources as marshaled by the will were not sufficient. They failed utterly. Our human resources, including our willpower, failed utterly. And now he's saying we need to use our willpower to abandon ourselves utterly, completely. Well, I'm willing to turn. And as I've indicated to you, based on my experience, I'm willing to be turned. Hear the hand in glove. Hear the willingness and the grace. Hear the commitment of my action as well as the gift of the Spirit. We found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person. He uses the term spiritual advisor. We know because we've already discussed it. Bill doesn't use the word sponsor in the big book. Twelve years later, when he wrote the 12 and 12, the word sponsors throughout the book. So someplace in 1939 to 1951, the word sponsor came into the culture. Of course, in 1939, there were less than 100 people in three cities that were available for you to take a third step with. That's not a problem today. And in fact, in this workshop, we'll take it together, as I mentioned. It is better to meet God alone than one who might misunderstand. The wording, of course, was quite optional. That's why you had to write your own. Because prayer isn't about words. It's about intention. And when you look at the book's prayer, the point is to understand it and see what the intention is and to put it in your own words so that you really do understand that intention. So long as we express the idea, voicing it without reservation. Oh, well, of course we have reservation. One of those high standards again. What does it really mean? for me personally, if I in fact cooperate with this, turning my will and my life over to the care of God. It's kind of like, and I've mentioned it before, and I hope you can embrace this model, this um, analogy, the GPS. When I get in my car, my car will get me where I'm going. I know where I want to go. I have the address. I don't know how to get there. I put the address in the GPS. And then I listen to the directions. The GPS is taking care of me. That's the context I believe here. I still have the responsibility to drive the car, to know where I want to go, to in fact drive the car and follow direction. And if I do that, I will be guided by the GPS. We love acronyms and, and I heard it in the meeting as I hear most of the wisdom sayings that I relate to you. GPS, God Positioning System. This was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made in an effect, sometimes a very great one was felt at once. And even though he says we might feel something, it's an emotional experience because of the drama of it. It's pretty dramatic when you really understand it and get underneath it. And some of you may have not done it before. But he says, despite the feeling, 
if you don't take the action of step four, he says on page 64, we'll get to it next week. Nothing long-term will happen. The short-term feeling will be good if you have it. Most people don't. Some people do. Most people don't. But even that feeling won't last unless you begin taking step four. Remember the page 58 at some of these, we balked. Lose a lot of people here because third step makes them feel like they've done some work. And so I think I've given this symbol before and it only came to me three or four years ago, maybe a little bit longer, but it's recent, it's fairly recent in terms of my understanding of step three. Step three isn't a surrender. I used to use that term until my publisher did a word search in the big book and found that the word surrender is not in the big book. And he came to me with that information, which I didn't realize. I heard the word surrender in a meeting and it sounded really cool with regard to step three. I surrendered, then I take it back, that kind of thing. But since the word's not in the big book and I'm a big book literalist and fundamentalist, I took another look at the words, made a decision to turn. Surrender is a really good word for step one, complete defeat. I surrender, I give up, white flag time. But in step three, made a decision to turn, a ferocious act of my free will. If there is this life force, this is the symbol that really opened my entire awareness and experience to step three just five years ago. If there is this life force that flows, we call it God or power other than ourself. It's the life force that animates me, gives me my ability to have life. Or more simply, an acorn becomes a sapling, becomes an oak tree. What is the life force? It's a flow, a unilateral life force flow. And we've been given free will, look at my hands. We've been given free will, and when we're in our addiction or when we're in our self-centeredness, we're going against the flow. And the turning that I believe step three is committing to is the turning from being across purposes with the life flow to be in alignment with the life flow. This is why I love the word alignment. That's not in the big book either, but it captures for me the meaning of the turning of step three for me. I hope it might help you. When I'm in disturbed in step 10, it's because I'm in self-will. I'm in contrary action to the flow of reality. I'm disturbed because my emotions say pain, pain, pain. If I want to be out of the pain, I go into the flow and I align myself with reality. Notice, I am not turning my will and my life over to God or reality. I am turning my will and my life into a relationship of alignment with so that there is a harmonious flow. I make a commitment to turn And I have a realization of an experience of being turned. On page 14 in Bill's story, he says, simple but not easy. 
a price has to be paid. It means the destruction of self-centeredness. That's what we're talking about here. We saw self-centeredness in unmanageability. We must turn, he continues. We must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over us all. We must turn and be in alignment with the GPS in the flow of life, in the flow of reality. Some people call it God's will. It's fine. I call it reality. Reality as it's evolving, as it's manifesting. I need to find out what is reality, accept what is reality, and adjust to reality because reality never adjusts to me. And more about that as we go through steps four through seven, and then finally eight and nine, but especially four through seven. Those are the major revelations of what does it mean to be in alignment or out of alignment. Four through seven is a clear inventory of being out of alignment with reality. So I wanna to talk to some folks. You know, the big book says you can have your own perception of God. So the Catholic Church and that sort of screwed that perception of God up for me, that man, you know. I got it. So yeah. I've come up and going through like the five director, active, principal, agent, all that. Mine is higher consciousness, higher consciousnessness. Yes. And connected. So yes. that sort of is where I'm aiming for that connection to a higher yeah. conscious. Yes. Yeah. So um, that's what I've come up with for my analogy of God. Yeah. My higher consciousness. Yeah. And so that's the whole, uh, as I understand it, the whole effort uh, of Buddhism is that higher consciousness. They call it the higher self. Um, oh. Yeah. That's their whole. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Buddhism isn't a religion. They actually don't believe in, quote, God. They just mm -hmm. believe in consciousness and the whole effort of their way of life is to improve their consciousness so that they're managing their lives as consciously as possible. And connected to that consciousness. And the second, so the first principle of Buddhism is wisdom and the second is compassion. Okay, well, so I'm sort of getting, uh, it's been a real up and down and contemplated a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's sort of where I'm at. The consciousness organically connects us to other people's consciousness. Yeah. And if it's authentic, we really want to be co contribute to the health and welfare of the community around us. That's why steps 11 and 12 are so magnificent. They represent the dynamic of... Uh, most religious traditions as well as philosophies. I mean, it, it's so consistent. So next question is quite, you've already answered this, so I'm sorry to repeat it. Um, the way to connect is through prayer and meditation still. Like with meditation your, I'm finding difficult at the moment. Oh, what, what's difficult about it? I'm just finding it hard to quiet my mind at times. Well, why are you quiet? Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Why are you quieting your mind? I suppose that's what I thought meditation was about. 
I know what you're thinking because it's, <laughs> it, it's a misperception of a lot of people. And why don't you look up the word meditation in a dictionary? My dictionary okay. said meditation is directed thinking, not quieting our thinking, but managing our thinking. And in fact, my own experience is, and the big book's instruction is, in meditation, you think. In fact, Bill says, upon awakening, we ask God to direct our thinking. And the man who helped me understand step 11 in the big book said, then we begin thinking, listening to our thinking, trusting that that's the way God talks to us. That was another question. <laughs> You're just preempting my questions, I hope. Thank you. Well, well, because this is an organic conversation. See, you're legitimately connected to this work and this program. So it, these, are not, these are not spontaneous questions by accident. These are spontaneous mm. questions because we're in a dialogue about an organic process, which you're in the midst of. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm um, just doing my um, study group this week, and um, we're having a conversation. It seems I've sort of someone brought up going through the darkness before the light. Yeah. I sort of feel that's where I've been. Yeah. And coming well, out. And, and it's a cycle. Step one may have produced some darkness because of the incapacity that we felt and yet steps two and three begin to open up a little bit of light and now mm -hmm. we're going to go back in the darkness when we look at step four and five we're yeah. going to take a deep plunge into the bottom of the grand canyon yeah so then i'm ready to do it again well okay um and i think you are yes exactly all right wonderful i'm so in love with this program and these teachings and a higher power who has never failed. You mentioned something about, you know, we have our faith and we believe in something that we can't see, but then at some point we turn back over our shoulder and look at the things along the way and, oh my goodness, um, it's just plentiful. And, and now I wake up in the pine trees at 7,000 feet to a very simple life. And uh, I would have none of it without the beauty of this program. So what fascinates me, and I, I understand what you're saying, I can't do it, but I get it now in a different way. Because for me, standing at the turning point was always a little different. It was this image of a woman kind of on a cliff with a cape and the wind yeah, is yeah. blowing and she's at the turning point. And that was what I needed, the strength that I needed yeah, to yeah. get sober, raise my son, become a nurse, you know, all the, all the footwork. Yeah. Um, and now it's different. Now it's not that turn that's quite so dramatic. It's the <laughs> shift of getting a little more parallel. It's, <laughs> mind-blowing i also live in a town where the freaking trains are going all the time through this town and the image of the parallel tracks is oh, right beautiful mm -hmm. um yeah. so what fascinates me though is when you're talking about 
when we made the decision, what happens? Why in that moment am I able to make a decision to pick up a phone and ask for help, to walk into a meeting and say, I'm new and I'm in trouble, to, to walk through a door? Yeah. What and and I and I it just that moment or the pause when I pause instead of yeah. saying what I think. Yeah. It's amazing to me that that there's the mystery though. Yeah. That's the, for me, it's a great question. I've uh, embraced the question for years. I've never had an answer other than there is a mystery. And my attitude is humility and gratitude. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it, but I witness it all the time in you and in me. Mm -hmm. that, that, that seeming you cannot get here from there and here I am. Yep. Yeah. Reaching out that hand and somebody grabbing it, like that moment. Well, the real miracle is that you reached out your hand. Yes, it's before that. <laughs> right, right, right. See, because right. that's where the real mystery is. What gave you yeah. the ability to reach your hand out and be willing to accept a hand that was extended to you? 80% of the people don't do that. They die. Right. So... You know, I have issue when people were talking about how we're the chosen people, you know. Like that at all. Fiddlesticks. You know, it's just that we just took that little split second and we happened to be here. That, you know, and that's. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't even go that far with it. Um, that split second is the mystery. Pretty Why good. am I here and my brother-in-law who got into the program at the same time had cyclical relapse and sobriety sometimes a year at a time and he's dead and i'm not and the amazing thing is i used to do drugs to try to take on questions like this and listen to the moody blues and stuff and now i can just <laughs> I like janice joplin but anyway <laughs> okay and now i can just sit quietly and the depth is still here and thank you so much yeah yeah i i, I get a more consistent high and a better quality than I ever got in drugs and alcohol. That's why I would never go back. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm pretty humble this week. Um, you know, I had, uh, I had a pretty tragic event happen in my life and uh, my go-to wasn't to drop to my knees and pray. My go-to wasn't to call my sponsor. My go-to wasn't, AA, my go-to was to be selfish, self-centered, and try to forge through it on my own. All right. And, uh, you know, as far as we are in this workshop, I'm ashamed. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. And Well, a humbled is good. The shame probably is not that helpful. Right, right. Yeah. So I just, you know, I mean, I, I just feel I'm confused as to why I went that route. Mm -hmm. I feel months ago, I would have dropped to my knees. I would have called my, but I just, it just didn't, it didn't cross my mind here. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but here you are now, you see. So for whatever you've adjusted to it now, and you can look back on it as, um, 
an event, a mistake, a learning opportunity. You can frame it any way you want. Um, you can't change it. So you just accept it. And it's part of your story and part of your journey. Yeah, I like that. Well, and the book says it. Our mistakes that form our history will be the very assets that will help somebody else when we want to reach out. Yeah, I, I, you know, the other night I went to a meeting and it's just what I needed. It would happen to be on the 11th step for the first time. I really read the 11th step prayer and uh, uh, it's just, it's just a beautiful prayer, a beautiful, I, I need to incorporate that into my daily meditation and prayer, you know. Yeah. Uh, I have contacted my sponsor, you know, he's, 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 as always, he's there for me, you know, so. Yeah. Um, what kind of uh, experience have you had with the step two and three assignments? Um, well, they've went, they've went well. Um, I don't believe that my, my, I believe I've been lackadaisical on some of them. Um, to be honest with you, with the issues that's been going on over the last couple months. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Well, you just do the best you can. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to blow smoke up yet and start telling y'all, you know, I mean. it's. I'm not interested in stories. I'm interested right. in the truth. Right. Yeah, and, it's, don't, and it, it's, it's your business. It's nobody else's business, your journey. Um, and, and I'm so glad that you're here and do the best you can with the assignments and show up. Thank you, Herb. I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. it was kind of scorching at the time I listened to the the recording four times and the fifth time I had my husband listen to it because I wanted him to get on my indignation list but he said that's you and uh yeah it was stop manipulating stop complaining stop resisting surrender to reality consider changing sponsors don't have a parent, guilt to shame, how free do I want to be, change my attitude, learn to take instruction, be transparent, and pause, and quit being defiant. So, all, I all that in one conversation, that's a lot. It is a lot, and I thought, I'm not ever coming back, but after I listened to it, it was like, wow, that is really priceless, and um there just aren't a lot of people that are willing to give you that. And we talked about honesty and the sensitivity that goes with it. And I'm not sure how high you would score on sensitivity there, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's not my strong suit. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, uh, but my sacred sisters, they really are just so supportive. And they said, you know, he's really trying to, to get you well or something. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> so I've got to say, I just really appreciate it at this end. I don't know if I'm bipolar because I was ready to quit. And then now I'm just very grateful. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the willingness to turn because I have felt that that has been the byproduct of this wonderful feedback and um 
And I recognize that I think by uh, how I look forward now, instead of dreading or feeling like it's a kind of scratchy exercise to go to meetings, to come here, to do the homework. I want to do it now. I look forward to it. And um, I still feel like uh, kind of the kid who runs around in those pajamas and, and the button is down in the back with her behind showing. You know, I don't, <laughs> in my group, I feel that way, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I like this thing on page 54 where it says the mystery. And I do feel like, and I love the conversation. What is the mystery that makes you extend the hand or pause or do all those things? And I felt like I had my spiritual deodorant on all week with my husband, you know, and we give each other massages now and I mean, he's changed a lot since I started this workshop. But I kind of fell out of the spiritual hammock today when he didn't give me the feedback that I wanted about some projects that I got done. And I, we went into it again, one, you know, for our 9,000th time. But, you know, it's okay. I understand that I can do some conciliatory things and examine my side and blah, 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 and he's not gonna change and so what. Um, but I, I do want to know about this uh, willingness to turn because of course the food is the most black and white measurement of that. And uh, I have lost 20 pounds. I did start cheating with putting fruit in my salad and a little something. Actually, actually, I'm going to correct you from my standpoint. And I'm not in your program. So take that for what it's worth. But the real evidence of your willingness to turn is when you begin making your resentment list in step four. Okay. Because it has nothing to do with your addiction. Because you're powerless. So don't use that as the litmus test. See, I have a hard time putting that down. I really do because I... Putting what down? The powerlessness over my eating. I feel like, you know, I have to do so many actions to make it happen and to be in concert with God mm -hmm. that to say that I'm powerless, you know, I have to go grocery shopping. I have to chop this food up. I have to wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What does powerless mean for you? It means that it I have no mean control. That you're not responsible. Okay. Ah. Yeah. So yes, you have to go shop and yes, you have to take a look at your uh, plan and yes, you have to listen to your sponsor and yes, you have to weigh and measure your food. No, yeah, you're responsible for those actions. But when you slip off past the guardrails, it's kind of like, oops. Yeah, that's right. I don't really have a choice until I get sufficient power. So oops, now I'm going to get back on the path I'm going to talk about it with my sponsor. I'm not going to beat myself up, but I am going to renew my efforts with regard to my step work so that I can find power. 
so that I won't slip off the guardrail. And I won't slip off the guardrail, not because I have willpower, but I have the guiding hand of the spirit. Wow. Yeah, that's really a new shift in my paradigm that I need to make. I wish I, I'll have to go back and listen to that uh, to digest that because I just, um, you know, for a long time, my tenacity and feeling like I had control if I just fought hard enough. And that's it. That's it right there. See yeah. that? You're, you're coming to grips with a new step one experience and maybe even in step four that will deepen it because it puts it in writing. Yeah. And then I have one other question. I, you know, when you do this thing and this thing, yep. and I understand that these are the defects and all the stuff that's getting in the way and this is parallel with reality. But what's parallel though? The flow. Well, I understand. What's par what is parallel though? What you got two hands up like this? What right. are they, what do they represent? What are they symbols of? Well, I feel like this is a quiz because I don't really understand. But here's it what quiz. I. It is a quiz. It's a teaching moment, okay. not only for you. I'm using you as the as the foil to okay. bring to everybody else's attention the reality of what this symbol really does mean. Okay, well, I'm confused because I thought it was supposed to be more like an alignment where you were like God and God was flowing through me. And this sounds to me like this parallel thing is that I'm not resentful. I'm checking, you know, I'm doing all those checks during the day. Where was my thinking going wrong? I ask in the morning for the guidance with my thinking. And I can say all these things, doing these things is a bitch. I'm telling you, it's really hard. You told me not last week not to complain about being hard, but <laughs> it's freaking hard. So, and, oh, again, Sandra, though. Yes, yes. All of what you're saying. Yes. What are the what are the what are these two representing? What what do they symbolize? They're not the reality. I'm just giving a picture that is a symbol of a truth that I'm trying to communicate. What are each of these? Well, what I understand, and forgive me if I'm way off, I, I hate to flunk the test, especially in front of the group. I'd rather do it, you know, oh, of course. behind closed doors, but I feel like this is God. Yes, the life force. I use the word life force. Or you use reality. This is reality manifesting, or God as we don't understand it, yes. Okay, or the mystery. Yeah. I like the mystery spirit, and then this is me. And I what part of you, my spiritual self. Mm, push it. I use a very clear word to emphasize step three my willpower. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Well, I flunked the test. I didn't get no, that. No, no, no. There's no test. Because you're, you're giving us an opportunity to really unpack the symbolism here. This is God, as we don't understand it, the life force or reality as it manifests. This is our willpower. That so we this, is, this is my willingness over here. That is more than that. It's your willpower. Really? You mean, oh, 
So I'm going to get willpower from this over here. I'm going to get strength. I'm going to get direction. I'm you already have willpower, but you're using it, your will, to go against reality. Yes. It's not necessarily conscious. A lot of it's unconscious. Yeah. But the truth is the outcome is going to be the same, conscious or unconscious. You're at odds with reality and you're going to suffer. And the whole turning of step one, excuse me, of step three, made a decision to turn my will over to the care of God. And that's why I use the term alignment because, and, and you're right in your perception, the flaw in this is it's God and me. That's not true. It's God as me. Yes, and that would be more like this. Whatever, but I don't need to get into the accuracy. I wanna get into the understanding and experience of the symbol okay. so that the turning is my decision in step three, my decision, my act of my will. Mm. And I can't do that even. Underneath it is the powerless to do it. That's why I say I make a decision to turn and then I'm willing to be turned. Yeah, that is so powerful and so- oh, Thank you. Uh, go ahead. Please, I'm sorry. And so different than, you know, the mechanical saying of those reading of those steps, all the meetings, and Correct. it's just not been experiential at this level. And so I hope I can hang on to it. I hope I can apply it um, because that's where the rubber hits the pavement. Um, so anyway, I, I really appreciate that. And I hope it's been helpful to other people. I'm confident and I really thank you for spending the time, the courage and the kind of the public kind of discomfort uh, of uh, not having all of the answers because I know that's important to you, like all of us, but maybe even more so to you. And, um, and, and yet, I do believe this picture helps us understand that this is just me self-centered and this is me centered in the truth. And I'm constantly adjusting on a daily basis. That's what step 10 is about. But I'm going to do a major investigation of step four to see the underlying source and nature of this self-centeredness. Okay, just one last thing. Mm -hmm. um, I read C.S. Lewis's Glory to Something. I can't remember what it was, but he starts off in the first paragraph about unself. If people ask you what's the biggest virtue, virtue it would be unselfishness. But uh, there's a bigger virtue, virtue, which is love. Yes. And so I don't like unselfishness. I mean, I don't. You I don't, don't like it? I don't like being self-centered. I don't like being selfish. I don't. Yeah, I don't. You said I don't like unselfishness. Okay, I like love better. Oh, because sure. Because yeah. I'm so codependent, I get so mixed up with unselfish and codependency. Okay. And I just, it's just like. Look up the word altruism. Okay, I like love. And so. Um, I, why? No, wait, wait. I'm going to use another teaching moment. 
Okay. Why do you like the word love? I mean, uh, I love coffee and I love my dog and I well, love- I feel like I have an abnormality with love. I don't know how to love. I don't. And so what I- What do you like about it? Well, I like being loved. Well, what does it even mean for you? It means being accepted as I am. Nice. I like that. Not as I would like to be, but just as I am, just like- a I like it. Huge. Wonderful. Look up the word altruism. It's come as close to uh, me, a universal definition of love, altruism. My dictionary said doing something for the benefit of somebody else without any possible benefit to me. That's for me. That so speaks to me. Well, me too. I mean, I totally identify with your narcissism. I and I, <laughs> you know, it's really hard because I like credit and I like to be the first in line. And I like if I don't even have anything to say. A lot of people are afraid to get up in front of groups. And not me, man. I want to be in front. And so, yep. So anyway, it is what it is. But I have to accept. Blessing and a curse. What? It's a blessing and a curse. It is. It is. It is. It is indeed. So anyway, well, this has been, like Sherry said, way beyond my wildest expectations. And I'm very grateful to you, even though you hurt my feelings. And um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. and I it's not my intention to hurt your feelings, but I don't mind if I do, if in fact it raises your consciousness. Well, you certainly raise my consciousness. That's it. Yeah, yeah, lit a fire under my behind. And so <laughs> I, I certainly did a lot of retrospection on it. And, and you're right, all of it. My husband said, is he, is he a priest? And I said, how can you recognize that? Well, my husband's Cuban and he was around a lot of priests in his education. He said, he just talks like one. So, <laughs> so anyway it's just marvelous marvelous feedback i just you couldn't get it anywhere it's priceless and yeah i i feel like i'm on a trajectory to learn how to love to love myself to be yeah. loved to love all of them yes that's priceless i just you know that's the higher road that's yes. surrender used to be an offensive word to me that's yes. that's the surrender and yes. uh, who wouldn't want that and i love this power thing and now you know yeah. this is my willpower and this is you know to get all that that's wonderful so yeah, yeah. thanks so much very, uh, very pr productive conversation from my standpoint thank you the relationship i had real difference with was that being a child I, that just brought so much ire to me. And so I looked, I looked things up and father um, bring into being, originator, founder, inventor. I like that. Protector. And then there's like an inherent responsibility to or for the children. And as children, a thing that springs from a specified source. I don't know, that, that helped. But it was like two more days and um, praying, meditation. I actually crawled back into bed because it was way too early in the morning, I'm laying on my side. And it was this, such a physical event. Um, it, it was an audible, you know, the, 
small case a but it was like in the past when you've relied on people it hasn't gone well and it wasn't me saying that it was my higher power saying that and i was overcome my jaw hurt so bad it was such a strange place for that grief and that reality to come in um which i realize it would hinder relationships, <laughs> including that relationship. And the visual, because my higher power knows me and I'm really visual, was a huge iceberg. And that's me. And it's grown over the millennia, my personal millennia of like layer, like stalactite or stalagmite of ice, like thinking I'm connected, connecting. I am, that is so not the reality. And when you talk about the direction, it just so happens that it's vertical. Um, and then you mentioned the word tonight, color. And there was a color and it's, it's aquamarine because the ice is old, <laughs> but it was, like a fissure and it's not like a big iceberg calving it's not that brutal but it's like omg there's like entry and there's like light coming into this fortress i've built and that's where i am right now so um it's that's very powerful imagery and the word that comes to me and i'm not quite sure i followed it but is the word thawing out appropriate? Yeah, because that's, uh, and the reason that word is, I, is just part of my own organic journey. As I looked back from after five years, I had finished the steps in my fourth and fifth year. And I saw that I became more conscious now. And I'm aware that the first four years in AA, I was thawing out biologically. And as I did the steps for the very first time, I thawed out emotionally for the very first time. I had not your image, but I had the experience of really thawing out physically, the body, and then emotionally inside of me in that final journey and and then it continued through my step work over the next 10 years as i think i would put i thought out spiritually i like what you said today about the gps and and, and that's pretty much it was interesting that's pretty much how i've always felt or not how i've always felt how i felt in the past few years when i've um made progress in this area um i am powerless and um i have to ask for directions every day um what amazes me and I'm, i've just been looking back over the whole process i mean i have abstinence for seven years and you know in the beginning it was like i was powerless over food i got that part it was powerless over my addiction powerless over quantities um and i got that pretty easily but what i found shocking was eventually i realized i was powerless over other things also yeah. and um you know, and even today, as much as I like to think that I'm, um, I can say, I was going to say surrendered, but um, submissive or that I look to my higher power as, as, and as much as I can, 
to get direction. Um, it, it shocks me when I find something that I'm not, you know, that I'm not submitting and not, um, you know, looking for, but like, I, you know, you, you, I catch it easy and faster now. And I, and I know to go back and have my quiet time and my meditation and, and start thinking and, um, and, and, uh, you know, communion with my higher power so that I can get things right again. Um, well, but, but I think the next, I think after my, um, substance, I think the next big shock for me was that I was powerless over relationships. Yeah. And they still, you know, I'll get relationships that pop up that I'm like, ooh, you know, and I, I, I and I want to control it, and I, and I can tell when I start, you know, wanting to control it. I can, I can pretty much figure it out pretty quickly, um, or when I go in the pity pot and I start thinking, you know, what was me? Nobody likes me. Don't they see what I'm doing? You know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I don't like being there, and I can, I can, I can identify it much quicker now than I um, used to identify it. So. And and that's what Bill acknowledges in step 10, doesn't he? He said, watch for resentment and fear and dishonesty and selfishness when they crop up. Not yet. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's a daily monitoring, vigilance on our part, just to correct when we're out of alignment. That's all. It's just a correction. But the gift is knowing when that's happening. That's the gift. And that's the practice. Right. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, it's, it's, as the years have gone on, it's, it's that communion sometimes is just so peaceful and content. And I can, I sometimes, I just, I mean, we've had major issues in our lives, my husband and I, and sometimes we just rest easy in what our decisions are because we feel like, you know, we understand that's what, that's what's to be. That's the next right thing to do. And that feels so good. Yeah. 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 And that's really the power of and the purpose of meditation in the morning from my standpoint is to get the guidance, looking mm-hmm. at yesterday to see if in fact there's some things that need to be corrected, looking at today to see what my plans are and what I need to do to maintain harmony and serenity. Or what his plans are for me, ultimately. And yeah. unfortunately, pretty yeah. much every morning, it means to go to work so yeah yeah I, I don't I don't really ask for God's plan um I don't actually believe there's a plan mm-hmm. I believe that there's reality that's manifesting at all times in a complete absolute manifestation at all times mm-hmm. I just need to get in the flow I mean, I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. You know, reality is just unfolding and, and I need to know what does that mean for me? Right. Yeah. 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 I, I find that how I sort of view or how I live step three changes when my perception of my higher power in step two changes. Um, there are a lot of people in my fellowship that feel like I think they think their life has been scripted down to, you know, how many minutes they should sleep each night by God or their higher power. And, you know, that seems to work for them. And if that's giving them peace and serenity and helping them to live a sane, sober, useful, abstinent life, then great. But um, that's not my concept. And so my conception of my higher power is more that um, 
I like how you've described it, that there's reality and we just need to get into alignment with it. I feel like my higher power kind of helps me do that. My higher power helps me find the strength and the humility and the willingness to say, okay, you know, I really wanted to, (laughs) I really wanted to go to India again in March for my yoga program, but I may not be able to because of COVID, because Uh India not doing well and we're not doing well. Nobody wants us. Um, And, you know, five years ago, I might have tried to find a way to become part of a humanitarian effort and get permission to go to (laughs) India. My husband calls it hatching and I am a master plan hatcher. Mm -hmm. What I have learned is um, if I really force my will on these hatches um, that I usually ends up um, creating more trouble for myself. And I'm definitely not in alignment with reality. My experience is um, early on, maybe 25 years ago, it, it came to me that the events that I planned that I initiated that I thought were a good idea were just actually manifestations of my ego. <laughs> So I sit in prayer and meditation and I listen to the universe as it invites me. And those always work out. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a, a mysterious middle. I don't know what to call it, but it I don't. The middle ground on that. That's exactly right. Yeah, because I don't, I don't sit back and just say, oh, God, everything's predetermined. And I just might as well not try to make any plans. I'm just going to let the world happen to me. But I also don't try to just force things anymore. And I really, my husband and I really, really, really wanted to get a minivan and we were really close to pulling the trigger. But then I was like, is, I live in San Francisco and I'm like, do you think the minivan will fit in our garage? And he's like, no, we've already measured it. And I'm like, we can't get it then. What are we going to do? Park on the street and get ticketed six nights a week? You know? Yeah, you buy a separate garage for it, right? That makes a lot of sense. We could if there were one available. Oh, I was joking. I was joking. Oh, oh, oh yeah. No, that, but you see, I've looked into that. I've looked into parking it in hotel parking lots. I've looked oh into, my God. you know, and that's, so that's what this time around, we were just like, it's just not going to work. So let's get the smaller vehicle. It's just, that's yeah. just, you yeah. know, we can't, I can't really bend. There's certain things that, you know, I just have to fall into alignment with them. And, you yeah. know, there are other things. And so I find it in some ways really difficult to tread this path. Yeah. And, you know, when do I stop? Like, let's say looking for jobs, interviewing for different jobs, you know, when do you say I'm trying to force something? Because I have a really good situation right now, but I think I just have this problem of like the grass is always greener on the other side of the yeah. fence. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a job problem. <laughs> I know so I'm just always like where do I where do I sort of say okay it's clear the universe is telling me this is yeah. not right right now this is this is something that you are forcing and you're going to yeah. actually create a lot of problems for yourself and yeah. when do I say this is a good thing for me to work at this is a good thing for me to persevere at yes. you know so I, I find that the thing that helps me the most with that internal discussion is my um, meditation directed um, thinking and just really it's like that 30 minutes or however long sometimes it's longer but that period of time when I set my intention in the morning really 
really helps me throughout the rest of the day stop. And, and I feel like the whole purpose is to just get a stronger and stronger connection to this spiritual presence that helps me to slow down, helps me to stop. Exactly. And Doesn't that flow. Yeah. Doesn't tell me you should get this job. You should go apply for that job. You need to go to bed at 10 o'clock every night and get up at five every morning because that's what's going to make your life, you know, fix or, or peaceful. It's like what, I, what I'm learning is that it's just staying in the flow so that when I am confronted with a decision or a question, I can either say, I don't, this isn't even something I need to deal with or, okay, what's the simplest solution? The simplest solution is almost always the one that gives me the most peace and serenity. And, but it's, it's not easy. No, no. It's called discernment. It's a thought process in the milieu of prayer. And that's where I use a sponsor, a therapist, and a spiritual uh, director, uh, three different people, uh, if I need to have a sounding board to try to navigate to the middle ground. Because the middle road is normally the path of serenity. And I ask, what's the is this an invitation or is this an initiation of my ego? Yeah. And the, all of the questions you're asking are all wonderful and legitimate questions. Job, place, car, uh, competency, all. And I have gotten a discipline of uh, being very clear on what my priorities are. So does no, it- I like it, that. I like that part about your priorities because I think it helps order the thinking. It, it, it's so, it's, it's a litmus test for me. Oh, this is wonderful. And it's something that would be really good. And it's something that I could really do. Is it the bullseye? No. It's a distraction from the bullseye. And Bill has a principle, and, and you may have heard me say it before, but in the context of this conversation, it'll have a lot of meaning for you and everybody else. This principle, and I don't remember what tradition it was that he was discussing. He said, the good may be the enemy of the best. <laughs> yes, my husband often says, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Just same thought, just says well, it. In that's, that's, that's actually a variation that's quite different and also quite challenging and therapeutic because uh, there's a bunch of people on this call that are perfect, uh, excuse me, that are perfectionists and that will prevent them from finding the good. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is every one of us has lots of competencies that allow us to do good things. But every one of us has only one or two that are special competencies. Mm. To the extent that we're doing 12 things, we're not doing the one thing that we're, our destiny calls us to. Yeah. I, is it kind of similar to saying I can be a generalist in a lot of things, but I can only specialize in one or two? And it's okay to be a generalist if that's your calling. Right. I, I, I was... And, and, and it got more and more and more and more specific. So that, in fact, I found that five, six years ago, the 12 steps was the specificity. Mm -hmm. And today, that's even gotten more narrow. My step 11 is my priority, not only to do, but to teach. 
So I'll spend more time helping people with their step 11 meditation than with the broad 12 step process. I like that. I'm much more interested in being a generalist to me is exhausting. Some people are called that way though. And they have the, they have the biological dynamic of um, ADD to help them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like everything you said. I don't think I could add anything to it because I think you captured exactly what I was trying to sort of convey. Wonderful. Thanks very much. Thank you, Herb. You bet. Um, yesterday, I took my um, brother for a doctor's appointment. He has cancer, and um, I felt very uneasy talking with him. He's very sensitive, and I didn't know what to say. And all I kept doing is saying, "God help me find some words for him. What can I say to him?" And nothing really came for a long time. And so we just sat in silence. Yeah. So I think that's what we were obviously meant to do, just sit in silence. And eventually we did um, talk a little bit, but so that um, it has helped me, you know, this, this program, doing this work is helping me to deal with what's going on. And be very patient with yourself. And if you're new to the 12 step fellowship and new to the step process, there's a lot of vocabulary. There's a lot of concepts that um, you will uh, see and hear and sort of relate to. Um, Do the best you can. Do you have a sponsor? I do. Yes. And she's excellent. That's, and that's a great sounding board. And then know that you don't have to get it all today and you don't have to get it all even in this particular journey. Just show up and do what you can and be conscious of the experiences that you do have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I'm like realizing as I'm getting connected to myself that I always feel like my stomach's tight. I always feel like there's something there. And when I make myself really relaxed, I feel better. My stomach feels better. The bladder feels better. Everything feels better when I'm relaxed. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've kind of been figuring out this week. Okay. So in terms of though, the steps two and three, you're thinking about spirit guide or spiritual guide then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. To, to me, it's just, you know, I've been, I've, I, I've been, you know, God is who I think of God as, is God. Yeah. But when I think of the personality of God, yeah. you know, I think that it's somebody that's there to guide me yeah. and to but reveal the things. way that you just listened to the Buddhist person that was giving you some suggestions as a guide, that's mm-hmm. how you... That's my suggestion for you in meditation is to then listen for your spirit guide for literally the thoughts and the feelings, but specifically the actions that are being suggested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's been pretty good this week. It was like this little revelation that came over me. So it was, it was really nice. Excellent. All right. I never thought of my God as funny, but I sure do want a funny God because 
I want to have fun and I haven't had fun for 64 five years. It's oh, um, wow. That's a long stretch. I'm very serious. It's all about getting the job done. Oh yeah. You know, and oh, I got, yeah. I want to loosen up, man. I want to have some fun. Yeah. So, um, yep. 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 I was born with a motto of heavy does it. And, um, I've had to work real hard to try to get to the middle ground where it could could have a little lighter touch. Yeah, it's so it's possible. Oh, um, yeah. Well, it sounds like it already is your experience, right? That, that's the first time I realized that's what I want. And um, watching the movie The Chosen, God is pretty funny. He's got a sense of humor. And so it's like I got to visualize. Visualizing is good for me. So, um, and then thank you for clarifying meditation. It is for me managing my thinking. And I really believe that I, I trust that that's God's talking to me. And I know God, I, and I say that and people go, well, what does he say to you? And it's not that he comes down and says something to me, oh. but I just trust what I'm thinking. Exactly. And when you don't, you talk to somebody about it. Okay. Yeah. Because, because I, a, go ahead. It's a practice and we get better at it as we practice it. Exactly. Exactly. And I enjoy it. I love it. I just like curl up with him and just go and talk. Yeah. But I was so confused. I, you know, for, for before I met you, I thought meditation was you had to be quiet and listen and blah, blah, blah. Well, and, and that, that's a different spiritual practice, right? but the meditation in the big book is the way I described it, is directed thinking. It's like a fire in the Malibu Hills is destructive, but a fire in my fireplace is warming. So it's about containing the fire of our mind so that it can be productive and supportive of us. When does contemplation come? I mean, I don't have it yet. I'm kind of not interested in it, but when does it's, it, it's, it's, a well, it, it, it's a very different methodology is what you were talking about is being silent and being quiet in the presence of the power, inviting the power to have its way with you, but staying quiet in full consent. So you're not using your mind, you're using your will. And you're saying, Thy will be done. I'm, I'm submitting to you and you and your energy transform me. That's the contentment. So if you're really interested in that, I have a three-hour presentation I just did uh, on March 24th on uh, it, what I call intentional consciousness which is prayer, meditation, contemplation, centering prayer, transcendental meditation, mindfulness, the whole Megillah of, of uh, spiritual practices. And that's on YouTube? Um, it should be right now, yes, I think so. Okay, real quick question about last week, and I, I couldn't find it in the um, recording. You talked about a decent human being by completely abandoning ourselves. And then you mentioned the room human development. And I didn't get what that meant. I, I looked it up in the dictionary, what human development went. And it kind of defines the process of enlarging our freedom. And I think that's kind of in our opportunities. I think that's kind of where we're on the road to. That's exactly what we're doing. Yes. 
Yeah, what we're doing in the awakening, that's optimal human development from my standpoint. That is becoming, as somebody earlier said, becoming as conscious as possible so that we can be aware of our motives and our actions when we make mistakes, correct them more quickly and more effectively. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Yeah, well, that's this process. That's exactly this process. And it just takes time. Right. <laughs> that's time. That and and time. practice. And right. practice. Right. It has been really powerful choosing what I need and what I want my God to have. And I found that um, creator, um, creator and being a product of that creation or an instrument of that creation yep. um, really resonates with me. And I find that it, um, when I really think about what that meaning is, I just it just allows my mind to be really creative and think about all the, just giving myself free reign of what that means. And that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, it, it's, Attempt to be very conscious of what your current consciousness is, vague or not, specific or not, it doesn't make any difference. It's just a describing what your current consciousness is, and that's the beginning of a practice of becoming even more conscious. Did that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I One thing that struck me with what you just actually said before was this like when you were talking about a sponsor's role was this idea of them not telling you what to do what to think or giving you the answers and i'm very grateful because i have a sponsor who's just like that um and um she's been able to kind of open me up to the fact that really one of the most spiritual things i can say is i don't know and I actually got to a point maybe about a week ago where I was feeling quite frustrated by, I was, I'm abstinent, but I was feeling quite overwhelmed by my unmanageability. And I said that I, I said to her, look, I just don't know. I don't know what to do. I, and she's like, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of stopped. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, that's it. You don't know. And and it, it actually hit me and I was like, oh, right. I've got to stop trying to know yes. and just be open to the fact that when I don't know, that's when I let my higher power in. Yeah. And um, I actually felt a lot, I felt a moment of freedom. Yeah. Um, so, but I do see how I, I try and cling to that. I try and cling to recreating that. Right. Um, and again, that's also what, I, you know, being willing to let go of that, being willing to let these moments come and pass as they, right. yeah, it's like, yeah anyway um, well see that's that's living in the flow then all right because we're we're not we we have a responsibility to uh, uh, to be conscious of our lives uh, our motives our actions because that way we can be responsible for them in a more effective way all right but we can't get in front of our skis we can't get in front of ourselves in order to prevent ourselves from making a mistake. Mm-hmm. We're going to make mistakes. But if we're conscious, we will make them less frequently, less dramatically, and we'll correct them more effectively, more quickly. 
Yeah, getting out of my own way is actually something that's been popping into. Well, not not out of my own way, but getting out of God's way. It's like yeah, getting God out is, of your own way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and recognizing You're the only that one that's in God's way. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So I'm learning. I don't think I am. I'm under the delusion that I'm helping. <laughs> you know, I'm helping God. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's anyway, good for a laugh. Yeah. Mm. I've been reflecting on that. Last year I read, more than once, I read um, uh, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Sure. And, um, and in the context of step two, um, I mean, the, uh, a large part of the premise of that book is that um, there, you don't have to have a God. I mean, there doesn't have to be a God. It's not you don't have to have one. Like, right. It's it's that um, you know we we have a f- um, separating our consciousness from um, self. Uh, and I was in a very stressful job, and I um, was I listened to the audio book on my um, my forty five minute commute every morning. Um, different and it it would it would you know I'd get to work and it would last about anything between 15 minutes and an hour of just you know letting go um and so but let, and then and then then i'd be in the in all of the stress of it again um but it's in the context of step two i, I hadn't i didn't think about it last year but as we're um talking about it, it do you do, do you do you have to have a concept for god um mm-hmm. is it Step two is, you know, you can just turn. Well, stay with that question, though, Mm -hmm. because what's really underneath the step two? What's the heart of the matter of step two? Um, I would go with belief. Oh, it's a belief in what, though? Yes, I agree. A belief in what? Belief in what, yeah. So I'm that I can't do this on my own. That, yes. um, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. It's even in it's even in the steps, isn't it? I'd forgotten mm-hmm. that as we were sort of dialoguing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A power, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's not about God. Mm-hmm. Not about spirituality. Yeah. It's about step one was actually that I need help. Mm. Step two is helps available. Uh, yeah. And I, and I come to believe that. Mm, mm, mm. And what's the source of help? That's the invitation for each of us. Yes. And, uh, and that's what we, Explore more in step three. Yeah. No, no, no. Stay in step mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. No, no. What's the source of help? The Buddhists talk about the higher self. Mm-hmm. The psychologists talk about the true self. Um, my good friend, Dr. Berger, talks about the best in me talks to the worst in me. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, well, I, um, 
you know, my, 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 my practice in a, on a minute by minute basis is, um, uh, is replacing, I mean, a short, short, short version, you know, replace, replacing fear with love. So, um, so I'm standing, I'm standing in the line in the supermarket and I'm really irritated and, you know, and it's like, I notice, okay, deep breath. Why, you know, why are you irritated? It doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong here. You do not have to be irritated. You can just uh, breathe into the moment and allow yourself to be, allow myself to be filled with love and peace and joy, which are, um, you know, which are essentially the words that I use to describe my higher power. And, uh, and it's, you know, I mean, it's um, a lifetime's, a lifetime's practice. Yes. 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 And, and it's, it's an invitation in step two to, try to get a real sense for myself is what is it that I believe about the power? The power is in me. It's available to me. <clears throat> and um, in fact, Bill uses, I'm, I'm exploring it with you because I don't have an answer, but I'm exploring yeah. it with you. Yeah. Bill has uh, words in the Appendix two, he says, unsuspected inner resource. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And none of those words are capitalized in his appendix two. Unsuspected inner resource. I didn't know that I had available to me this new level of consciousness. But now that I suspect it's there, I can pursue it in a way that I'd never pursued it before, mm. which would be, in fact, number one, believing it's there, wanting to have a relationship with, or at least uh, mm, opening the door to it. Yeah. That, that would be step three. And then uh, doing the work of excavation, steps four through nine, that will open up the part, the curtain, open up the door, whatever it is, to accessing this power in me that I've not been able to access before. I guess the, the, the little conundrum here then is still about that. Is this self-help? <laughs> or is this not self-help? Yes. Yes. Because if I have authentically experienced step one, all of the self-help that I have uh, up to that point explored has not been effective to help me cross over. Mm. That Bill talks about, the bridge of reason. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing now. We're, we're attempting to reason it out from the human knowing tools that we've heard about or read about or talked about. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I mean, I, uh, I am feeling quite 
um, I'm feeling quite emotional this morning, uh, in uh, and, and I have, you know, have have been for the last three, three or four weeks, because because I've got some kind of chronic pain thing that's just kind of hmm. started recently, and um, and I and and and, and what you know, I mean, what uh, <laughs> what I've discovered, chronic pain allows you to do is um, be in fear a lot more often, hmm. and uh, and so. That um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a big part, a big part of that, uh, big part of the, the the context right at the moment. I, I and I and and I suppose spiritual community is so incredibly important, and uh, and you know, you guys are my spiritual community, right? And the support is um, yeah, the support's phenomenal, and and, and that's and that's an expression of. You know, that's an expression of love from other people. Yeah. I also want to give you another word that Bill uses in the big book, in the fear inventory, which I do believe is a very accurate word and might give a little bit of uh, substance to your word of love, which is a good word, but it has so many connotations. Uh, and he says that to the extent that we trust, we won't have fear. The more fear I have is indicative of less trust. So trust this group, like you just indicated, trust the process, trust your sponsor, and trust the power that you're in search of that this even these thoughts these experiences and these feelings is an indication that that power is there mm. at this point we need to bring it to conclusion we'll pick it up next week let's pray the serenity prayer god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change courage to change the things i can and wisdom to know the difference. Thanks everybody.